Hey everybody, welcome to episode 95, It's Just Bodybuilding, Dusty Hanshaw and myself, Big Ron Parlow. It's just bodybuilding. How's it going, Dusty? It's it's going good. I did uh, a little Q and A uh, tossed up today, so we got some some good questions, and um, yeah, just ready to get cranking and, and rolling. What do you got going on up there? Uh, well, you know, I had a great weekend, so there's lots to talk about. But yeah, I threw up some questions too. Um, hoping we uh, get some laughs today because it looks like a good one. So nice. uh, you know, you got anything going on? How's training been? What's the weight up to? Uh, train's good. I, I'm right at around 270 right now. Um, and, and now actually starting to resemble myself, which is, which is a nice plus in, in clothes. I think that, uh, you know, I don't look, um, normal anymore, which I appreciate. I, I hated that stint of, of so normal. How much weight did you gain this week? Oh, not bad. I think like four pounds. Yeah. I'm only up. Oh, I mean, geez. I'm up 40 total. Um, and it's been, so it'll be, five weeks now yeah 270 it's, you're officially like you you're very you're very noticeable when you enter a room now yeah which is it's just good because for a while there there was you know i mean it was a chink in my armor and i was wearing 4xl t-shirts at 230 pounds is somebody right. wanted to walk up and tell me like bro they make smaller sizes it's fine you can, no you can i noticed it. your clothes hey man i noticed those clothes were pretty baggy when you first went back to the gym and, yeah, I, and I refuse that that, to change, right? I'm like, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, like I tell like clients if they're if they're heavy and I get them down, I'm like, well, throw away all those old clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. don't don't ever let yourself grow back into them. Well, that was me. I'm like, I'm not buying smaller shirts. Fuck you. I'm gonna get back to the I clothes know. I'm supposed to wear. <laughs> I imagine that must have been because for me it would have been a constant reminder of the work I had ahead of me. You know, my shirt hanging down to my el- past my elbow, and you know, it would oh. it's would have been like psychologically motivating. Yeah, no, is that part well, of it? Plus, for you? I mean, I always wear baggy clothes already. I mean, they're baggy on me when I am heavy, so it's just—I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> it looked like I was doing the walk of shame from some dude's place that a girl has done. Like that, that shirt's right. not yours. <laughs> to walk, but of shame. Uh, but no, it's been uh, it's 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 been good. And I mean, the, the nice thing is I'm I'm starting to be able to do things uh, and press myself. So. You know, like yesterday I did five plates aside on the, or five plates, I should say total on the uh, humbler, the uh, pendulum squat. And it was one where I did a warm up with three. This was the fifth exercise in our movement. So I was like, I put the, Tommy put the fourth one on and I kind of took a minute and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I put a fifth one. On. I'm like, well, we're, we're about to find out how this is going to go. Like, so now you're officially past me on the humbler. I'm still a four. <laughs> I'm still a, I'm still a four. Maybe if, you know, we're cameras are rolling and we're fresh we go four and a half you know yeah it was it was it was funny though because i literally I, I i it was enough that i was like it's kind of the way it felt when i hit a number that i've never done before i was kind of like mm-hmm. all right get your fucking head right you know what i mean so and h- then, how uh, many how many plates how many plates is your old like real good decent working weight uh seven and a quarter okay so you're getting so there, it's yeah, we're we're right there, and the, and the jumps are so quick now that it's like a couple weeks, you know. Okay. Um, and the, the upper body is the part that's still on some of the pressing and things like that that are ju- it's just still drastically low. So those ones those ones hurt your feelings a bit, you know. I get on the uh, hammer incline, I'm doing three plates, and I'm like, that was my second warm up before. 
<laughs> so you're you're not so even though you're noticing this kind of lack of power in your left side is it your left side yeah right side right side um yeah. you don't notice any like asymmetry yet everything's still filling back out yeah everything i mean it's that's the crazy part of the people it's yeah. funny i had a, i had somebody message me and they're like you should really watch out on jumping back and 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 getting all those all my like gear right away and i'm like this is muscle memory i'm not even eating that much <laughs> like right yeah, because Dante had a, and he, he was right. He, you know, the thought process was, um, everything shrunk, my waist shrunk, so eat less, and just let muscle memory and aminos and, and things be what gets you to a point, and then start slowly adding more and more food. So I'm eating like six ounces of protein at a time, and I'm only doing three whole food meals a day. The rest are shakes. So right. This is what muscle memory is. Like once you so start you're moving kinda, again, it sounds like you're eating like me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know what sucks though is unlike you, because it's still uh, pressing. You know, I'm not like lean. It's just gaining. So my my plan right. is, and I actually put up a thing. I want to get up to the point where I've got my size back, and then I'm gonna actually lean down a bit and and start looking at make sure it looks good. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. right now I'm like fuck. Just let let weight fall where it will, and let me be strong. Um, I definitely have realized that that. Training intensely without any in any issues is the most fun thing in my entire world. Like, yeah, you know, it's pretty so awesome, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's basic. Like, it's having the numbers. It's just when things feel correct on both sides equally. It's like I want to get back to that, you know, because by the end, before I got hurt, I, I was in a place in my career I hadn't been in forever where I just went to the gym and train. I didn't think about injuries, aches, pains, just go. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh, sort of similar. Like, uh, you know, I went through a few things. Like the last few years, I competed. Like from twenty from twenty ten to twenty fifteen, I was training in pain. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I was always in pain somehow uh, at all times, and I just really got used to it. And then, you right. know, the couple years, you know, 2016, I tore the quad. So then I'm still training in pain. He got this like huge rehab now. It's like another two years of getting your fucking body back. And now it's right. 2018. And, you know, I'm trying to decide, you know, do I want to be big? And then now that I settled into this, like, stay really lean, stay lighter, try to focus on the body being, you know, healthy and functional. Now right. I can train, I train pain free now for the most part. Like right. obviously there's days, you know, that wrist hurts or there's a little, ah, I don't think I can press that machine today, but otherwise right. I just pick exercises that don't hurt and I train pain free for the most part. And, and it's awesome. Cause it's so much fun. I was say, so training is fun again. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I train a bit higher reps so I don't go quite as heavy and I just, I just, I'm generally training pain-free for the most yes. part and relative That's, to how I was for years, it's a, you know, nothing, not even close to that amount of fucking constant agony. And, um, you know, I'm obviously I'm able to like, you know, fucking ride my bike and that sort of shit. So like, I'm, I'm so happy that I can just train, you know, you know what is it today? Chest? Oh, I don't have to like do some sort of like crazy ritual for an hour beforehand and take certain fucking you know like to get ready so i can like tolerate my chest workout i just go go train chest 
Yeah, I look forward to that. My upper body, that's not where we are right now. And then I spent so much time <laughs> in therapy on the right side that last week I was like, shit. I, I walked into my PT, Jason. I was like, hey, we need to do some shit on the left because the right, the right side getting a better pump. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just there, there, it got tight on the left probably just because it had been completely ignored for a month. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I refuse to admit that I'm also old. So we're just going to go with this is all comeback stuff and it'll be fine. <laughs> so, so how did the show a, go this weekend? Oh, yeah. So um, I uh, we had a show. You know, I didn't I, I just did the MC for the show, but right. it was the online commentary because there was no crowd. We're still not doing crowds yet in Canada. Oh. So. We had uh, we had a bodybuilding show, but there's no crowd allowed because we're not into that phase of the reopening. Um, basically, up here where I live, everything's open except large events aren't allowed yet. Mm-hmm. So you can't fill an auditorium with people yet, right? So um, we just there was probably like you know I don't know probably less than a hundred people in the in the place watching the show, including the judges and all the officials and everyone, you know what I mean? So it was kind yeah. of a tight, tight thing. And then everyone was, was watching a live stream and okay. um, the lot, the live stream did really well. Like, like all the competitors, friends and families got a live stream and it really, really helped. Like it made the show possible. It's like, you know, how do you put on a show without selling tickets? Right? Well, yeah, hey, what, if everyone buys a question. live stream, if everyone buys a live stream, um, then the, it, it can really cover the cost of the show and make it possible for the promoters to bother doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I hope they made a bit of money too. I mean, that's always nice when they get rewarded for their efforts, but yeah, the show happened. It was a huge success. It was uh, called the, called the, uh, the van Island and, um, right. and it, it went really well. And, and so I did the on, on online streaming commentary and uh, the show is 10 hours long. So I was on the mic for 10 hours. 10 yeah. hours? What the fuck? 10 hours. Do you guys do shows up there? How many people did the show? Oh, there was like 300 competitors. And uh, they did all. They did it all at once, right? So they bring your class on, comparisons, blah, blah, blah. And then they bring on posing routines. And then they bring the top three on and give the awards. Class done. Next class up. So there was no prejudging and no night show, right? It was just all done at once. And they just powered through. And then it was the bikini that got huge. There was like... 30 girls in every class and it was like the afternoon that we did all the men in the morning and took like right. a, like a break and came back mm-hmm. and did all the women at night and it was it was a long haul but everything got done we were out of there by i think it was uh, 6 30 or 7 p.m right everyone was done um so i know it's a long day for everybody but i kind of like being done by seven it's like oh yeah <laughs> it's like awesome you know so, um, so yeah, so, you know, it's just good to see bodybuilding shows happening again. There's a couple, uh, couple happened this weekend in Canada. So it was good. You know, I know you guys are, are filling stadiums and stuff, but up here to us, it's still a big deal that we're having events. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I've got, I got clients in Australia where they've, they've, they're still in lockdown. Like, like. Yeah. The Australian government has been, uh, unbelievably terrible at handling this. Yeah, no, and, it's, it's... Uh, one of the worst in the world. So, you know, they, 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 yeah, they just, it was just crazy how they handled it. And continue. Proof to, that, yeah. Yeah. Proof that lockdowns don't work actually, because Australia right. locked down super hard and then they bragged about how they had no cases. Right. And then it just came back. <laughs> exactly. Right? 
Yep. It doesn't like it's just so fucking stupid. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, we're just we're happy, man. Things are going well. So yeah, it's it's at know. least you guys are heading in the right direction. They can they can adjust. I mean, half of your country is still fucked, but at least where you are, it's good. <laughs> yeah, things are things are coming around. I don't know. This has been a crazy time. I'm just trying to focus on me, Dusty. You know, Isn't I'm trying that the to watch moral of the story. I'm trying to watch less news and less youtube news and i'm 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 trying to like back away a little bit <laughs> i just want to like focus on me you know be mentally healthy you know oh so you're, you're sticking angry. in my land yeah 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 <laughs> that's the story of my life i'm like yeah well if it starts to affect i'll know <laughs> you know i was i was pretty i was pretty cooperative like like up here we had the mask mandate right and i was wearing my mask when i you know i I wore it when I went to Safeway and I wore it at, and I wore it when I was walking around the gym and I wore it when I was working um, uh-huh. to like, you know, I guess I was trying to set an example and that's at the gym and that sort of stuff. I hated it, but whatever. And then I just didn't want to put up with any of the bullshit because it was really bad up here. Like I know that some of you guys were walking into shops without masks and you were just saying, oh, I don't wear a mask. And they were like, oh, OK, I know that was right. happening in some places. But where I live, like people were like screaming and throwing fits and calling cops on people and it was just fucking brutal. So I wore my mask. But now that it's not mandated, now that the mandate's over, there were two places that I went yesterday that had a sign on the door that said mm-hmm. masks are required. Jeez, and there. I was like, and I was like, oh, I just ignored the sign. I just oh, went okay. in anyway. Yeah. Uh, masks are required. I was like, well, I'm not wearing one. And I just went in. And they didn't say right. a single word and they served me anyways. Yeah. And I was and that's like, how, that's okay. how most of it was here. I mean, yeah. And my thing is simple. Like, you don't have to. So if you tell me no, then I'll just leave. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I would have just <laughs> left if they would have told me I had that. I would have just left. But I thought, oh, I'll give them a, I'll, I'll see if they serve me. And I just went in. Yeah. And no one said anything. So I was like, okay, they don't even care. You know, everyone thinks it's stupid. So, yeah. No. yeah. That's Anyways, beautiful. I'm seeing these. I'm seeing these terrible things about like LA putting the mask <laughs> mandate back in and stuff. I'm like, that's not going to go well. Like, nobody's going to yeah. fucking do that. Well, yeah, I shouldn't say nobody. Yeah, yeah. There's the, some the, people the that masses. can't wait. Yeah, there's some people that want them back. Like, they want the mandate. That's crazy. Okay. We got lots of good questions, man. Do you want to hit something? Yeah, well, I, I want to I see. This is the only thing that sucks because I do these so often. I shouldn't say it sucks, but I get so many normal, like, bodybuilding questions. I'm like, God. See, I, I said I've, anything. I've, you could ask anything. You you get yeah. interesting questions. Like, I, so hit me with I, a couple of yours real quick. Okay, so here's a good one. So, if you were if if you were in the the movie The Matrix, yes. Okay, would you rather be on the outside fighting the battle for freedom, possibly dying a horrible death? Or would you rather be on the inside and just be eating a steak and be rich and have some girl to bang and not know that you're living a simulated life? Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to go with the honesty on this one. I think that ignorance is bliss. I would just be eating my steak and going through my little motions on the inside and calling it a day. Um, because, because they don't, I mean, that is, I mean, it's, it's terrible. That's the truth that I think most people live in this life is complete. It's not even denial because they don't realize, you know, like, right, right. Because once you, once you open Pandora's box and you know, then you know, then you have you, to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so I, I could definitely see it. And I mean, I, I wouldn't mind being, uh, you know, 
the one eating the steak versus the guy eating gruel in a spaceship uh, or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> yes, Sub- subterranean warship. Um, yeah, that that's that's like a fundamental philosophical question, right? Yeah. No, and and that also too. Uh, I've been watching. I'm sort of fascinated with um, listening to podcasts about totalitarianism and um, you know Soviet history and you know, different totalitarian regimes around the world and all that sort of stuff. So some of those philosophical questions, like how does that happen and how do people allow that to happen? And, you know, all that stuff is really interesting to me. And the matrix is like, kind of like the ultimate totalitarian regime, right? You know, and um, so those are, you know, like, you know, that most people, I don't know, like a lot of people have read it, but there's a, that book animal farm by Orwell where, Mm -hmm. You know, the one of the questions that I saw on a podcast recently was if you had to be one of the animals in Animal Farm, which would it be? And the mm-hmm. and the and the guest the guest answer was, well, it's you know, they say it's best to better to rule in hell than serve in heaven. So um, I guess I'd be one of the pigs because right. in Animal Farm, the pigs, the pigs take over the farm. Right. And they become the most brutal uh, rulers of all. And, um, right. He said, I guess I, I guess I'd be one of the pigs. Cause you know, it's, if you have to pick, you know, so there's that <laughs> fundamental question too. And, uh, um, it, that stuff's all interesting to me. There's, there's like these, these cool, cool stories while well, not cool. They're like terrible, but stories of like, um, um, you know, when, when the, when, uh, Stalin's empire fell and, mm-hmm the I, I can't remember who the next leader was after Stalin, but when he sort of started letting people out of the gulags, like all those political prisons they had that were like slave labor camps, and he started letting like millions of people out of the gulags, the guards started realizing that those people had no trials and because the guards were lied to as well. Right. Right. So the guards thought these people were all bad people. A lot of yeah. them. Yep. And then they started to realize that they were like working these people to death and they had no trials. They were just, they were just innocent or they were just family members of someone who, who said something yep. or like they literally did nothing and they were working these people yeah. to death and killing them and executing them. And those guards started to kill themselves right? because of their realization, right? It's very fascinating stuff to me. I could, I listen to that shit all the time because it just, uh, you know, th- this, this COVID, uh, you know, government control of our lives really sparked my interest in a lot of this stuff. And I've just been fascinated with it. Well, I wish more people would be because like, right, like down here, particularly right now, what's going on in our government, like a lot of people don't know history, so they don't understand that we're well on our way to repeating it. Yeah. Again, the, the, the common thread with all this stuff is, and it's the old saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And right. the common the common thread with with most of this stuff is that these people who do this horrible nightmarish shit, like execute entire populations of people or starve populations to death on purpose or whatever, they actually think like in some twisted way that it's contributing to a general betterment for everyone. Right. And the, oh, you know course, the utopia. That's, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, the 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 utopia is just one more law away. We just right. pass one more regulation, one more rule, control one more aspect of people's lives. Then maybe we'll have our paradise. And it just it and you know then they double down and they 
control more of your life and more of your life. We're just trying to get to paradise. We're just trying to make it, you know, fair for everyone. And yeah, um, yeah that that concept is is, you know, first of all, we're all humans, so like, you know, the concept that someone's going to make a perfect. We're all so fucking flawed. We're going to make it perfect. Oh yeah. It's um, but that that scares the shit out of me. That stuff, you know. That's what goes wrong, you know, and people have a hard time seeing it coming. And next thing you know, it's too late. You know, it I just takes don't know a whole how generation point, to get past it. I just don't get out of the truth at this point. Like, if you have a brain, you've done research, like, you know, at what point in history has, has, the, has someone in power censoring not been on the wrong side of history down the line? Yeah, when it you never start works getting out. censorship and things like that they're hiding you from other angles. And if you can't see that you're fucking crazy. Like, cause if, that's how I look at it. I just look back at history and I'm like, how are people missing this? It's, it's so blatant. So it's, it's definitely, um, I wish more people would, would uh, maybe get off of Instagram for a little bit and educate themselves on what has already happened in this world and then start yeah. looking at what's happening now. And they might open up their eyes and go, Oh shit. Cause again, like you said, most of these, dictators and all these things didn't it's not like they woke up with their evil face on like they thought they were making the world better i don't yeah they had a plan how <laughs> but yeah. and it turns out they're sociopathic or whatever but in in their minds they're like you know i can fix this you yeah. know i'm the guy yeah, I, I can fix this terrible situation which if you look at where the world is it's like come on now you know we we have stuff yeah. going on here that just literally baffles my brain um particularly like California and stuff where they're passing laws to like make it less. Uh, I mean, they, they have, they, they just passed something recently that, that made uh, that you didn't necessarily have to become a, uh, uh, on the sexual sexual predators list. If you um, had a relationship with a child, as long as there was a less than a 10 year gap or, oh, or even, or even yeah. sodomy, as long as it was, um, you know, as long as it was agreed upon, I'm like, well, if they're under 18, they're, they don't have the ability to consent. <laughs> like, right. what, that? what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, no one ever went to their parents and was like, hey, you mind if I hook it up with your 15 year old? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's it's, some it's very fucked up place down here, man. Some very strange oh. stuff going on right now. Um, I got a bunch of good ones. If you had all training, Dude, ones, just, can, just keep firing. I, I mean, I'll, I've got some, those. but I mean, yeah, just, uh, I'll answer these on my, on my page. Primarily there was, there was one that I was going to hit you with though. That's good <laughs> is, uh, who's your fair favorite fictional character from a book, movie, or a show? Oh, damn. Favorite fictional character. Yeah. That's a solid one, man. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I, I, um, you know, I always loved James Bond. It's valid. It's a very valid. He was just that, that character. I grew up on that character. I mean, I could easily say Han Solo or, you know, Indiana Jones or, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, kind of like iconic characters that I grew up thinking were awesome. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, the, the character of James Bond, I always was like a huge fan of, you know, He's smart and dangerous and kind of fucked up. Like, you know, James Bond was a drinker and, you know, even the new Daniel mm -hmm. Craig Bond, they got him popping some pills, you know, like he's not, right. he's not the most well-adjusted. And uh, that's one of the things, 
that's one of the things they did really well when they rebooted James Bond and they did Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. They sort of started yep. fresh, right? That was like kind of Bond number one, like starting fresh, you know? And right. some people didn't get that. Some people didn't quite understand. They, they're not a huge Bond fan, but they sort of rebooted Bond with Craig. And, um, and they, they purposely did it because they wanted to like darken the character and make him more to how Ian Fleming wrote him because, you know, he was represented pretty well in the books, but, um, you know, those movies that they made were still fairly, you know, the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, they're, they, they, um, especially with certain actors versions of bond, they, um, yeah. made him a little bit, a little bit of a brighter character. You know, Roger Moore was kind of a little like goofy and a little cheesy yeah. and a little campy for the eighties. And, and, um, Pierce Brosnan was, you know, kind of they t- sort of his bond movies were a little bit like, a little bit uh, uh, fakey, you know, they had the invisible car and they had like, you know, stuff like that. They sort of pushed it and they were just having like fun with the series. But then with Daniel Craig, they're like, okay, no, we got to get serious again. This guy's a fucked up killer who found a role in the military, in the Navy. And now he's a special agent because he's fucking good at killing people and he's very morally flexible and he's kind of fucked up. I love you said morally flexible. I have a shirt that says that. Yeah, morally flexible. You know, yeah. that's that's I've had some friends that have told me like I knew a few guys that were in the military and they got like pulled aside and they're like, I think you would do well in this unit because this this stuff doesn't bother you. Right, exactly. Yeah. We we question it, but uh why it doesn't bother you, but we're just gonna leave that shit alone. <laughs> yeah and he can't resist women like that's just such a when when you know guys see it in a hero we're like okay at least my hero's not you know like you know <laughs> i'm leaving this one alone i'm I'm stepping back <laughs> you know though they gave him vices right i like characters that are a little more realistic you know like you know who, who is uh, the best bond then uh, well, I was always, I always thought Sean Connery was the best because this, the 60s, he was a little more gritty. And then the 70s and 80s were kind of cheesier. And that was Roger Moore's stuff. And there was a couple other guys that played Bond in there. And then Pierce Brosnan was really good, but mm-hmm. his movies were a little fakier. Right. And more like over the top. But I thought he was a great Bond. But then Daniel Craig came along and I was like, okay, this is kind of like what Connery was to me. I like you that when, when, they, when they cast them the the other thing is is you remember actors from other shows so it becomes a little bit harder to fall into it whereas like daniel craig that that's that's his character in in a lot of movies you know what i mean i mean i i'd say Henry and craig are my two favorites and they're both sort of similar to me just you know obviously they can push it more with craig um, but Connery, you watch some of the old 60s Bond movies. I mean, they're kind of hard to watch because they're so dated and, the, you know, so right. the special effects and the budget and stuff. But his character is like, like he just fucking shoots people in the face sometimes. Right. right? There's no like, <laughs> he doesn't have to like apologize or, or feel bad. It's like he just, you know, flat out executes people sometimes. And I, I really, I really connected with that, Dusty, as a young child. <laughs> That's, it's good. It's good. I, I feel good you that know? you did. <laughs> It's funny because I, I didn't when when I read the question I was trying to think of like it, it's really hard for me to identify with one uh, character because there's so many that I think were were phenomenal yeah like, um, 
Well, I mean, you, you could easily one. say you could easily say like Johnny Depp from Fear and Loathing is like a fantastic character. Yeah, or 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 Heath Ledger when he was when he was the Joker. Like, yeah, like there's these, <laughs> these characters. Yeah, I was sort of thinking of like you know. No, I like that. I like when when you said it, I was like that makes sense because at the same time, I mean, then Batman is kind of in a line with what you were looking at because it's been going on for so long. Um, yeah, and, and you'd some, have a favorite some Batman, terrible right? misses too. Oh, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like George Clooney was kind of like the Roger Moore of Batman. <laughs> Like the movies were cheesier, right? The the music was cheesier. The costumes were a little over the top. Yeah. I didn't understand. You know what's crazy is like when you when you know a series well or you know a character well, and then when they when they cast him, I remember thinking like, what? Yeah, how? <laughs> like I don't I don't see it. You know what I mean? Like I remember I know, remember when I heard Christian Bale was going to be Batman. I was like, oh, right. Let's see, huh? And then he was right. just so fucking, he was like, you know, kind of the Daniel Craig of Batman. Like they made him all dark and, you know, that was well, cool. He's such a, he's such a freaking good actor anyway. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm blown away that a lot of people, you ever get asked, like, if you've ever been, if you'd act, I've had people ask me that all the time. And I'm like, I would be terrible. I only know <laughs> oh. how to be myself. Like I don't, I couldn't right. even pretend for a minute. Like. These guys take on roles to the point that you forget. You could be their mother and forget that you're watching your son because they're so good at what they do. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, that was we've, a good one. So you, you didn't yeah. name anyone. You got to name one. You kind of named Batman, but... Named yeah, one. I was just saying, that would, if I was going the route you were, but if not, I would probably, like I said, I mean, I would probably lean towards... Like, I thought when Heath Ledger did The Joker, I remember leaving that movie, and the only thing I thought about was him. Yeah, like, he was he like, was just, he took the entire thing over. And I'm like, like, I feel like it should should have been called just like the most recent one it should have been called the Joker. Like, was, yeah, you know, he, yeah, he definitely he, stole it in that one. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. When you when you go see a movie and then you say to someone afterwards, hey, you know who is great in that? And they all say the same actor. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all like, you know, like it, it, he really did like just fuck. That was unbelievable. Didn't he get didn't he get nominated for an Oscar for that movie? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I yeah. think he won some stuff, but I, I think he may have even won after he died. I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure. Posthumously. I'm 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 uh I'm looking that up. Looking <laughs> You're like, I have up. to know right now. Where yeah, no, I gotta know. You know, I gotta know. I gotta know. I think he won an Oscar for that movie. Or was it another movie? Or was it, no, it had Brokeback it. Mountain he won an Oscar for? Because wasn't he in Brokeback yeah. Mountain too? Yeah. But I imagine off the top of my head, I can't. It's a, it was definitely the defining uh, role of his career. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he, he was nominated twice and won one Oscar. But they right. don't fucking list it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you son of a <laughs> We're on a show. We need this now. <laughs> oh, so um dun, 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 dun. Academy Award. Yeah, he won for the Joker after yeah, I, was he died. Say, I, I just I just Googled that is did he win for the Joker? Yeah. <laughs> so he was nominated for Brokeback Mountain and then he won for the Joker, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one, man. 
that's a good one. That's definitely, I agree. I agree. You know? Okay. Uh, yeah, you got you one? Get back. No, you, I just did one. You got, you so, got more anyways. <laughs> okay. If, if you could know the absolute and total truth to one of life's huge questions, what would it be? Jesus. <laughs> the absolute and total truth. Any. It's terrible about this, and you and you know this about me is if it doesn't impact me, I barely care, anyways. But uh... right, so you so you wouldn't want to waste your you, you know. Do you say like I want to know like the nature of the universe, like how the like I want to know, I want to see a video of the Big Bang happening and know what the fuck is what actually went on. You'd be like, well, that doesn't really help me with business. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's so bad it's like you know so i mean i guess i guess if i had to know anything um like how does that would, increase my current income i i guess i guess what it would be would be uh the the truth on what happens when you die oh yeah okay that's a good one you know because it's that's a good one you know I, I i i listen i mean at the end of the day i know people hate this but i don't care how you cut it you're, you're, if you, anything you think is based on faith or, or, um, it's hypothetical. There's no way to know, you know what I mean? And I have talked to people who, um, who've quote unquote been dead and had the story. Um, but there's just no way to know. So it would be, it would be yeah, cool yeah. to actually know that information. So that would be mine. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, he had a vision of offering high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. How about you? I, I guess if I, I, I would want to know the absolute and total truth to how the financial system is actually working and all the secrets going on that we don't know about. And then that will affect my income. <laughs> I was going to say down here right? currently it's not working, but um... <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I was going to have some big thing about, I want to know how this all started, the universe, the planets. I'd love to see a time-lapse presentation of everything that we missed, you know, right. but then I'd be like, oh, I still just kind of back to my normal life after that with a bunch of knowledge. Yeah. That now, I can't now really that do I know anything <laughs> <laughs> So let's, how I about we reveal Re reveal any of the secret bullshit that's going on with the financial markets that we don't know about. And then maybe we can exploit that. Uh, exploiting is the name of the game, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I, 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 a few people really loved when I said that tax avoidance was your responsibility as a citizen. 
that was one of the things that people reacted to last week. Yeah, I don't, and I don't disagree whatsoever. So avoidance. Fascinating. Yeah, again, avoidance, not evasion. Be careful, people. Yes, not evasion, <laughs> avoidance. One is one is perfectly legal. All right, here we go. I got one. I got one. Look at this. I'm, I'm finding gems here and there. <laughs> okay. If you could travel back in time to any period, what would you pick and why? Oh, I got the same question, so it must have been the same guy. And Mazzino? Now, there's a few things I need to know. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. How long are we going for? Because like certain things are tolerable for short periods of time. Is it a week or like one day? Or are we going for a month? Do we have to stay alive? Is there going to be like some challenges while we're back there? Like I need to know the time, the length of time, because it would vary a lot. Or it would change my answer. All right, all right. We're, we're going to go back because we're going to make this up because he didn't say. I think we have to live there for a bit. So I say it's a month. Oh, okay. A so month. when I was asleep, I would have went back in time instead. That's what it was. Yeah, you went back in time a month. Um, yes. It was like when you're like one guy's close to a black hole and the other guy's far away. You were like far away and that month <laughs> didn't happen. And everybody else had a month. <laughs> Yeah, missed it. Um, yeah, so if it's if it's a month, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna say like like not that far long ago. You know right. what I mean? Like I'd maybe go back to like the seventies or eighties and spend a month just having fun. Um, you know, because the the you know the seventies or eighties still, you know, still have a lot of fun. Not gonna get butchered. You know. Um, probably not going to get, you know, probably not going to get killed for something I say, you know, um, probably freer to speak, to be honest, (laughs) 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 you know, girls were having, girls were having sex with guys easily. Very, very handy for a one month visit, you know, seventies and eighties. The drugs, drugs were, were real. real. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the line that the drugs were the drugs were clean and the sex was dirty? <laughs> yes, the drugs were clean and the sex was dirty. Yes. So yeah, I'd, I'd go back then and just like party, like you know, just have some fun. Um, if it was a short term, like short term, I'd I'd want to go back to see something kind of crazy, like like uh, like maybe even go back to like you know a castle or something like that, you know, right. that, that long ago, you know, that might be cool just to see what it's like and just walk around the market with your sword. Just don't say anything to anybody. Don't cause any trouble. And just look just, at some of that. You know, buy yourself an apple crunch. Just walk through the market, you know, like, you know, look at how everyone saddles their horses differently. I don't know. Just, it would be kind of neat, but yeah, I, it, it just also brings back my point. My main point to this is one of the things that really irritates me is when people try to say that it was ever better for anyone to live in any other time. Oh God, that's the dumbest. Like when people say, Oh, things are so much worse now. No, nothing is worse now. No, everything is better. Every single person lives longer. Everybody's healthier. There's less disease. Poverty's way fucking down, lower than it's ever been ever in human history. Yada, 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 on and on and on. Every single metric is better. It's way safer to live now. No matter what the media tells you about violence in your city, it's safer now than it ever was. 
And oh, there's so many so, things. It's, it's also the, yeah. the way that we, the things get blamed now, right? Like people will say oh. social media is killing relationships. I'm like, no fucking other women's killing relationships. And that's always been yeah. the case. You yeah. just suddenly have more options now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking other people was always the problem, but now they can just do it easier. So no, it's not the fault of the phone. Yeah. It's exactly. still the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that. So if I was going to go back, I'm, I'm going to go your route on this one. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back, uh, 2008 and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to short the market on the, uh, on the housing and make millions of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to play this out like a smart man. (laughs) Maybe while I'm at a Van Halen concert in 1984, banging some chick with backcomb bangs, (laughs) I'll also buy some Apple stock while I'm at it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah, literally, you know? I'm like, what would I do if I could? Well, I know what I would do while everyone else yeah, was yeah. buying up houses. You know, what's funny is I actually, I hit it big on, uh, I didn't hit it big, but I, but I made a bunch of money by going through my first divorce because I had houses that I had to sell and I sold them at the peak of the market and then it crashed. And I was like, well, man, that made me look smart. That was <laughs> like, perfectly timed divorce. Exactly. We all walked away with a, with a ton of cash, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always good news. You know, then also too the the whole if I get to go to a concert while I'm there, now that alters when I go back, right? Big time. Now, now what what, what would be the ultimate? I mean, you know, Woodstock. I mean, what are you what are you doing? No, no, I mean, uh, you know, uh, it would have been awesome to be at the Monsters of Rock in 1991 when the Soviet Union was collapsing and there was half a million people watching ACDC, Metallica, and Pantera. Right. Um, and some of the some of the Russian troops were um, enforcing the you know the fence, and some of the Russian troops were kind of on the verge of realizing they no longer had a boss. Um, so there was a bit of chaos, and uh, it was supposed to be like a, I think it was supposed to be like two hundred like two hundred thousand people. And it just right. became like, it, it just, it grew. It just became like almost half a million people just showed up. And uh, it was kind of on the verge there where, you know, Russia had c- kind of collapsed and things were really crazy. And yeah, one of those really amazing moments in history. If you listen to like, um, uh, there's a really great interview on YouTube where Brian Johnson from ACDC, the singer, is interviewing Lars Ulrich, the drummer from right. Metallica. And they're talking about that day because they both remember it, you know, as members of different bands that were both there playing together. And they were like, yeah, man, it was so fucking nuts. As far as you could fucking see, there was fucking kids. And then there were these big Russian, you know, those warship helicopters. Right. With the fucking big gunships, those giant Russian gunships. Those Mm -hmm. were like just hanging in the sky all around the place. And it's like, and then there's these like rows of like, hundreds and hundreds of russian troops and they're like trying to control the crowd he just said it was super fucking crazy and intense so that would right. that would have been wild and and then the whole crowd is singing the, the words to every song and they just said it was mental you yes know? that's the part that i always think is cool when they do that uh uh is could you imagine being a musician and playing your song and then just being able to stop singing and the crowd just takes over yeah like, and it's louder than your stage yeah that's just gotta be f- fucking insanity you know what i mean yeah yep i'm doing uh yes, i'm sir. going to bonnaroo this year by the way in uh in manchester tennessee in september bonnaroo yes so that's a country music festival right 
No, it's everything. I mean, you've oh, got- Oh, is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, no, it's everything. Like, I mean, I, I just pulled it up to see just the giant list. But to give you an idea, you've got you've got everything from uh, Foo Fighters to uh, Primus to Nelly. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, like literally, uh, it's and it's like a four day thing. So I'm like, we're going to see everything that weekend, and uh, it'll be it'll be uh, a a 12 year old's first time seeing people on all sorts of drugs. I'm sure. Very important day. <laughs> so what you do is you lean over and you go, "Okay, sweetie, that's LSD. <laughs> exactly. That there, okay." The lady with the panties on her head who's dancing naked <laughs> is on LSD. The guy who's trying to flip the hot dog cart with a boot hanging from his balls is on PCP. <laughs> and you need to make sure they know the letters. It, well, that's the thing. They got to get them in the right order as well. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. It was kind of like when I moved to Utah, like one of the first things I was asked at school is uh, somebody was like, are you LDS? And I didn't have any fucking idea what that meant. I had no idea that it was a religious thing. And I was like, nah, I don't really do drugs. But you said that wrong. It's LD L LSD, moron. Um, right, here we go. <laughs> You've got this all backwards, but no, it's not my thing. Thanks for asking. Weird question, first day. <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny. But yes, that'll, that'll be a, that, so, so that following Monday when we're on the show, if I look slightly glazed, it'll, it'll all make sense. It's just carryover. It's just the half-life. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, as long as I come out alive, we're good to go, you know? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, you're um, up. I'm up. You're up. You, got me, you threw me off with the Bonnaroo thing. I, I like the, the Bonnaroo thing. Yeah, I just wanted to randomly um, toss that at you because I thought of you so, when I was booking tickets. Somebody, somebody wanted to, they, they were really, really, uh, there was a few messages where they really liked that we told our first weed story. Ah, and they really liked that. And then I got uh, one question says, uh, what are your experiences and general thoughts towards alcohol and partying while being a bodybuilder? Well, I mean, I, I, alcohol, I think this is why the, the, why drugs are a little more rampant in, uh, in bodybuilding is because, Alcohol has uh, detrimental effects to your physique that can't be denied when you're, um, I mean, pretty much any time of the year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to factor in what I used to tell clients, even in the off season, was if you go get ripped out of your mind, that's not like a one night thing. This is like a three or four day thing because your body has to get back to functioning right and you got to get your hydration back and on and on and on and on. Again, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing to do here and there, but. When I, when I was in the heart of bodybuilding, I did not drink at all. I didn't have a glass of wine. Like I was, this was what I did. Um, so, so alcohol, no. And, and partying, I guess my, where I'm different is I grew up an athlete and did a lot of partying extremely young. So I kind of shake my head at older people partying now, especially when I see it on the regular. When, yeah. when you're going out two or three nights a week, and I have friends that do that, and I literally, I say to myself, like, you're not happy. If you need to be altered, mind altered in any way, drugs, alcohol, whatever, multiple times a week, you're trying to escape, in my opinion, you know, because right. you shouldn't need that shit to have a good time. And, and I just find that, like, 
you know, it, it definitely is something I, I see as a red flag. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what you're not facing if this is how you have to function. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, um, my take is, uh, um, I learned pretty young that alcohol, you know, if you go get plastered, your workouts aren't good the next day. Right. So that just like, you know, I, I was never a big drinker. Like I was never into drinking. First time I ever drank was the last day of grade 11. It was the first time I ever had alcohol. So I was already like 15, you know, right. um, most kids had already drank by 12, you know, so I was a little late to the party. Um, or I was 16. I was 16 when I drank for the first time because I was already driving. Right. So, so, um, so yeah. And then I was always just pr a pretty responsible kid. I just didn't get, you know, fucked up and find myself stuck at places and not able to get home. And like, I just was never that guy. And, mm -hmm. um, I was just so serious about bodybuilding. Um, I'd say the most that I ever partied as a bodybuilder would have been like, in my earlier days, it was acceptable to go out and party the, the, the weekend before you started your contest prep. That was like right. a thing, but that's like once. And then you'd yeah. start your prep and you're like not seen anywhere. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. You fall off the and, planet. Yeah. You fall off the planet. And plus this was the nineties. So like, you're not even at a restaurant ever because you can't order off the menu and no one knows what you're talking about. So you don't go out. Like right. that's another thing that the, the, these people now that walk into restaurants and say, can I get a grilled chicken and some plain and some white rice? No, that did not happen in the nineties. It was like, can I get a grilled chicken breast and some white rice? And they'd be like, Oh, uh, we don't really have any rice. And, um, we, you know, I can bring you like, yeah, we, we marinate that. Yeah. <laughs> we marinate the chicken already. It's already soaked in oil. Like it was just different. And, mm -hmm. um, so we would not be seen anywhere. Like you live like right. a fucking, monk in a cave when he did a show in the 90s and um so yeah and then and then you know maybe a couple weeks after the show you'd get your buddies together and you'd go out and party again right right you like celebrate like you know so but then uh i i, I sort of i saw like you know we'd go out and party and and that whole rave scene was happening you know what i mean and mm -hmm. you know i'd look at my watch and it would be like 2 30 in the morning and i'd be like Okay, this is when the bars close. Like everyone should be going home, but right. everyone's still like at those rave clubs are there till fucking yeah, ten the in the night morning. Is still right? young, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then that's that's when that's when I'd look around and it really got sad. Like, right. you know, it's like, oh, this is kind of sad. I got to get out of here. Like, I don't want to be around this. So yeah, <laughs> I was just never big on that scene. I was never big on that scene, and it no, definitely, I've always, you know, I've always hated alcohol because alcohol created liquid courage. And there's always problems when there's a large amount of alcohol in big crowds. Oh, well, I mean, the statistics are uh, unbelievable. Like the stats that we have on alcohol and violence, alcohol and like every single metric that we have, alcohol makes them all worse. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. And um, whereas like, hey, let's be fair. Let's contrast that with marijuana. Like there's only a couple of metrics that get worse with marijuana, like of a, a list yeah. of hundreds, like, you know, violence doesn't increase, you know, like even, 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 even traffic accidents, they're not right. able to link yeah, the they same directly things like, say, yes, yes. Yeah. I understand the, the sort of, you shouldn't smoke and drive. Don't be impaired when you drive. But when you, I understand that that's a good message, but, um, 
the real studies are not supporting that there's any resemblance of alcohol versus marijuana when it comes to yeah. driving. Um, yeah, you're still technically, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, there, there's one out of England where the people who had marijuana in their systems were actually better at the course that they had set up because they were more careful. Right. And, and they were, and, and, and it was, it was really funny because when the results of the study came out, the researchers were like, holy shit, this is like not what we expected. Right. I remember yeah. reading about it. We don't, we, we don't even want to put this out there because it sounds like, yeah, it was like, yeah, exactly. It was like kind of a weird thing. They're like, well, there could be some other factors to this. Like the people that we had were actually used to smoking, right? right. They, if they, they used like Joe Blow that's never had marijuana before and they f- bake him up and put him behind the wheel, he might have hit every pylon. Right. But they had these like, you know, experienced life smokers doing this course and they were doing very, very well. So it was right. kind of funny. Um, and then <laughs> you got, funny, you know, right. you got all the, go- all the gold medalists that are high and you got, yeah. all, you know, it's just hard. I laugh because I used to have, I used to have a friend I played hockey with that uh, he was better if he was baked. So it was like a thing. Like I used to just remember thinking like, God, I, ho- I hope he comes here freaking <laughs> rocked out of his mind a little bit here. <clears throat> yes. Here's a, is it my turn or your turn? Shoot. Cause you got one. Okay. This is a great question and it's that time of year, Dusty. Right. Do you keep doing the regional show until you win the overall? Or do you go to nationals, even though you know you still got work to do? So this is someone who maybe they got second, or maybe they won their class, but they didn't win the overall. And now mm-hmm. it's time to go to nationals. They got, you know, say six weeks to nationals or something. Do you uh, just keep going? For me, or you do don't you keep going. For you, yeah, you for don't. Me. No. you, you be, and, and here's the deal. You, you, you're, this is how I look at the national shows and how I approached it was – I didn't do a national level show until I had been like, cause back in the day, you remember you could go on MD every weekend and see the shows. Yep. So I used to go look at the overall winner every single weekend of every show that they posted. And I said to myself, once six months have went by and I know I could at least hang with the guy that won the overall at every one I look at, then I must be ready for the next level. Um, and I went up, I think a lot of guys like, they're, they don't realize the gap between the regional level show and the next level. I mean, like for in, in 2012, which is the absolute worst I've ever been on stage. Um, I just had personal shit and I just, I looked terrible. It wasn't like 11 where I didn't place well, but I looked nuts. Like I looked terrible. Um, I did a show a month later, the Excalibur, which is one of the biggest shows in the country for regional level shows. I didn't even continue dieting between the two shows and I won my class. Like when you're actually at the next level, the regional level is easy. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, and I think that that's where people don't realize that. So to me, those six weeks spent coming back down or staying down are six weeks you're not heading in the correct direction. Um, but I don't, I also would spend, you know, like you did shows every single year. I took two years off in between shows and just waited until I could win again. You know, like I yeah. won an overall, I, I took two years. I won an overall, um, you know, like that was it. Like it, it really depends on what your goal is. So if the goal is to become a pro, then my advice is no, you just wait because you're not ready. It's six more weeks. It's more money out the door. And I hate when people say, oh, I'm going for the experience. The experience is you got your ass whipped. 
You know, I don't, I don't need to go fight Mike Tyson is prime right now to know what it's like to get my ass kicked. I just know I'm not ready to fight Mike Tyson. We're good. Right. <laughs> right. So I, um, I appreciate everybody's perspective from where they are. My perspective was that I would never move on until I'd won an overall at the mm -hmm. provincial level. So, you know, in 1998, I got third at the Albertas and I qualified for nationals. Right. And I didn't go. And, and everyone's like, oh, why aren't you going? And I'm like, well, because it's like two months away and I can just get back to growing and getting better. And I want to come back mm -hmm. and win this show next year. Right. And, and then the following year, I came back and won the overall at the Albertas. And, and I qualified for nationals by winning the overall. Mm -hmm. And nationals were in the same city. So they were in Edmonton, where I lived. Um, right. Like three, three months later. And everyone's right. like, okay, we'll see you, see you at Nationals. And I was like, no. And they're like, but you just won the overall. Nationals is here. And I'm like, yeah, but in three months, I can be fucking huge and full and growing. And I can, right. and I have a lifetime, and I have a lifetime buy. We used to have lifetime buys for overall wins at provincials. Okay. So right. I was like, I got a lifetime buy now. So I'm done here. So now I can just like, I can go watch Nationals this year from the front row, take right. notes, decide exactly what I have to do and come back next year and do my best. And that's what I did. So uh, I wasn't even in a rush to get there when I was an overall winner. Yeah, I, I knew that I won, I won overall you know? in 2008 in October, the nationals was in November. So and and it was go. early November. And I was like, yeah, I, I knew what was there. I'm like, I'm not in a rush to get my ass whipped. Like, yeah, no. and I've yeah, heard, yeah. I had exactly. heard too many stories. This is what people don't realize. Do you remember Chris Cook? Oh, yeah. So, so he was like one of my early bodybuilding mentors. I went and stayed with him. He helped me a ton. And um, he told me the first time he did nationals, he won the Australia or the Australia, the, the um, Alaska like state championships. He won the overall. He flew down and, and to, 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 to compete at nationals. And he said he was running a bit late. So he shows up. Uh, he's a heavyweight. And he, and he runs backstage and he's like, shit. He sees these guys all in a line. And he's like, when did the heavyweights go? And he, he asks the guy in the line. The guy goes, we're middleweights. And he said, I immediately realized I flew all this way to watch a bodybuilding show. Because he's like, I did not look like them. <laughs> like, he thought they were supers just looking at the amount of muscle mass they were carrying. Yeah, and, I, yeah. you know, and again, he won an overall. But people don't understand, like, the gap at the next level. I mean, let's be, let's keep in mind the guy who's going to win hopefully is ready to be a pro. Yeah. You actually know? ready to be a pro. So that's another thing. If, if you're going to go to a national level pro qualifier, like you should look like a pro in order to win it. Yeah. You know? I think the only and, time, the uh, only, the only caveat I would put to that is if you're a lightweight, because it's it's going to be hard for you to win an overall as a lightweight right. if there's a good heavy or light heavy. So if you're if you know you can dust your class every time, then yes, go on. Because realistically, at a untested show, lightweights don't win overalls. Um, it, you know, if they do, it's rare, and they definitely don't at the pro qualifier. Right. Okay. So I don't know. Did we even answer that, or did we just give a bunch of jumbled opinions? No, but we said we wouldn't. Yeah, I would not. I would not go unless yeah. you're ready. I said that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think if you if you don't think you can be in the top five, then it's not time yet. 
That's true. And I, I guess, you know, my mentality was always competing to win. Like I was competing to win, competing to win, you know, even the years, like the first year I went to nationals, I remember telling myself like, Hey, there's no reason you can't win. Like, you know, I wasn't exactly confident. Like I wasn't, I was like, this is nationals. I just, I want to get in there and prove that I belong there. But I still knew that there's always a puncher's chance. Oh, like, for sure. You know, like what, what you did just you never take your first year? Didn't you take like second though? I got second at my first nationals. Yeah. So I like yeah. you know, I went in there just focused on looking as shredded as possible and I didn't care if I was small or skinny or anything. And I got second and I was like, okay, fuck, I belong here. This is fucking awesome. I'm gonna win right. this show. Just a matter of time. How how was it um up how is it there now? And now I'm derailing this, but I'm curious, is the depth in Canadian nationals now what it was then? Uh, so no. Um, well, it isn't I, here it, either, definitely not. For body yeah, def- I mean. it's, it's not anywhere. The classes are smaller. Like, you know, it used to be um, every single year, I think every single nationals that I did, there was at least 20 heavyweights, right? right. Like at least. There was always 20 heavyweights. It was huge mm-hmm. and light heavies as well, just stacked and racked. And guys in 15th had strided glutes. And it was really tough to judge. I remember the light heavyweights being on stage for almost an hour one year at prejudging. And there were guys coming up. (laughs) Yeah, there were guys coming off stage and throwing up in this fucking big bucket and, and falling down on the floor and like people giving them like juice and water and sending them back out on stage. Like it was a fucking lunacy how long they had them on stage because it was so competitive, right? And um and the and the class was so deep that they were actually judging the whole class. Like they were like, holy shit, fourth call out, this is brutal. Like right. you know, and um and now just because of classic sort of drawing a bunch of guys over there and physique, you know, drawing some guys over there and less less people willing to do what it takes to be huge, um, huger. Um, right. you know, the bodybuilding classes aren't nearly as deep as they used to be, but it doesn't mean that the winners aren't still awesome. You know yeah, I mean? no, I like agree the with guy, that for the, sure. The, the, the cream, the cream rising to the top is still cream. It's still the fucking good guys winning these shows, but it's just not as deep. And it, it doesn't mean yeah. they didn't have great competition. There might've been five awesome guys, right? But right. there wasn't 15. Yeah. Like if you look so back, cause that's, that's, that's something that I look at when I go to some of these shows is, um, thinking back that, there are many years and I was in some of them, but even obviously the nineties, even more so, but where the top 10 of classes are all pros now, all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whole like bunch. They, I looked they, at they, a the guy who took 10th is, is winning. It turned pro three years later. You know what I mean? I, I saw a photo from the 2015 nationals of the heavyweight class. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like the top eight or nine guys were all pro now. Yeah. Yeah, I did various I did shows. You know? I did the 2010 USA's, and the top ten are all pros. Yeah, like, yeah, a bunch of my classes, know. same thing. You know, I was looking at the results of some of my old shows the other day, and there were some names in there I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even realize I'd competed against certain guys. You know, and then other guys I'd it forgotten before they grew up. <laughs> yeah, like for example, though, Sorry, one year. Oh, Could I had my phone on. Um, hit my Surrey by accident. So uh, like one year I got second and then I looked back at the results afterwards and Henry Pierano was like seventh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck, he, he turned out like he got awesome, you know, like he wound up getting his pro card and, you know, being a good, 
a bodybuilder, you know, didn't he do really well in classic and go to the O and everything? Right. So oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's funny. Some of the guys I, you know, competed against back cause they were just coming up, you know, he was just a kid back then. Yeah. So, and, then, and then look where they go to, I'm, I'm reading okay. more questions too. I got some, I, I got some funny ones. Your turn. Well, if you've got one on your, uh, that's locked, tell it, just read it to me. Cause I'm still looking at more. Um, boo, 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 boo. <laughs> um, that's a funny one, but I don't know. Do it. The fact that you don't know tells me we need to. If you, so if you had to replace me as a guest host, who would you pick? They don't have any See, say. I, You're just going to pick. Yeah, them yeah. And make well, them they don't have any say with me anyways. It's fine. Nobody does. Um, <laughs> if I had to replace you, uh, I would, I, I would go with Aceto because oh, yeah, I, I freaking, I, I, I love, and I know you're the same way. We, we go back and forth like daily. Um, and we just view things very, very similarly, just like you and I. So it's, it's, it's be an easier transition and he's, he doesn't do a ton of them. Like Fuad would be an easy choice. Cause I think he's great at what he does. Um, but he's busy. But he's busy. He's got enough shit going on. And I, th I think it would just be another show. You know what I mean? Another one of his shows. So, yeah, I would definitely say him. Or if I was going to go another direction, I think Sister Nino is hysterical. Like, he just kills me because he's fucking all over the place. <laughs> like, def definitely a, a classic to have, you know? And yeah, I think every now and then, you know how like, you have like the third person that pops in and out on the regular? You can bring Jose into anything and take it to a dark place. Yeah. Is Jose still doing his podcast? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he went, I, he, I, he went quiet for a while cause Nate, uh, was doing the universe. So I think they kind of fell right. away, you know, okay. it's inconsistent. Okay. And, uh, and I don't really watch podcasts, so I never really know. It's funny. I didn't even, I met Nate, uh, who, who won the, um, won his pro card of the universe. And Jose's like, this is the guy that does my podcast. I felt terrible. I'm like, I've never seen it. Um, Oh, I watched I, a few of them. They're good. Yeah. Yeah, I never watch. I, well, I don't watch any of them. I watch Rogan. That's it. Right, right. And I don't really watch. I listen to it in the background and I catch gems here and there. That's it. Do you remember entering the process of entering your first bodybuilding show? Yes. Absolutely. And the, 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 here's the one thing that stands out that I remember, um, which is so funny with where I am now. So... I went to get trunks and I just went to a store and bought them. Um, and I remember I put them on and I'm, I'm in the, in the change room and the lady was like, come out so I can see if they, how they look. And I'm like, no. And she's like, you're going to be on stage in that in front of everyone. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, I just remember it being awkward for me. I was like, why would I come up? Because I'm the only guy walking around. Um, but, but yeah, so I remember that. And then I also got a wake up call because uh, I tried the suit on. The lady was going to make me some. And then I realized quickly what this industry was made up of because there was a, uh, there was a woman there getting size for hers at the same time. And while I was done, I was just looking at fabrics to pick mine. She was going into the area where you change, but not closing the drapes. And I was like, right. Oh, so that's what happens in this industry. <laughs> like, yeah, it was very, like, 
it was very eye-opening to be like, all right, I'm the guy that doesn't want to come out wearing his trunks, and this chick is not even bothering sliding the thing shut while she gets naked and puts this on. And that's when I realized I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I mean, wait, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but yes, I that's do remember, funny. and I actually, I actually hated my entire first prep and said I would never do it again. I hated yeah, the entire I remember you process. Saying that. So that's yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely weird. And now I don't care about the show. I only like the prep. So what the fuck? What about you? I remember I remember I had to had to fill out this form and then like go down to the post office and get a money order. I go to the bank, get a money order, and then go to the post office and fucking mail my entry. Like that's how long ago, you know? There's kids listening to so like, what is a post office? And just like hoping it hoping it got there in time so that you didn't get a late fee. You know, <laughs> you, you, you hope you mailed it early enough to get it there. So I got a question here. Yes. What's the longest you dieted on little to no carbs? Oh, man. I guess that's two separate questions. Little or no is way different. There's a big difference there. So let's do the longest hey, little, you ever little. went little. Longest you ever little. went little and the longest you ever went no. Little would be months. Um, cause I always did well on like 50 grams of carbs. Um, and I felt fine. And then every now and then Chris would just bump me a high day. Um, but I really never, it, it's crazy, but flattening out wasn't even an issue for me. Um, right. Very, very rare. Cause I said flatten out. So, I mean, I could easily say two months without being a liar on, on that. Um, none. The only time I ever did that was with JJ Marsh. And I think, and I, I probably told this story, but, um, I want to say we went 10 days with nothing. And actually, we, I want to say we went three where I literally only had the protein, like no greens, no nothing. Uh, super, right. super old school. But I remember during the 10 days, it was funny because uh, he was like, okay, for the next three days, this is your diet. And I remember like the total greens was like eight ounces and everything else was just my fish. You remember the old fish diets? Um, and I came in after three days and he was like, can you give me two more days? And I was like, sure. So I, I went through two more days. And I mean, I'm peeled at this point. It was also my first time actually being in shape. And I kind of crawled in on the fifth day. And uh, no, so it was seven days. I remember now. I crawl in on the fifth day. And he was like, there's a little more in you. Can you give me another day? I'm like, sure. But I fight my way through. Sixth day, same routine come through and this is the Wednesday before the show. And he goes, all right, we're going to start carving up. And I, so I find, I just had curiosity. I said, Hey Jay, what, what were you looking for? Like what happened? I don't see any difference in the last couple of days. You kept going low and he goes, Oh, I knew you were doing seven the entire time. I just didn't knew yeah. mentally you wouldn't be able to handle it. It's <laughs> like, funny. Oh shit. Like literally. So the whole time he was like, we're going to week. Like he knew cause he wanted to start my carb up on Wednesday for a Saturday show. But he, You're but dangling, he just I, dangling the I, hope. I was too green <laughs> to just accept the fact that life was going to suck for a week. And I remember like that being a wake up call. But also, I mean, and I, and I hate I'm so old now because I do this, but it blows my mind sharing stories with other coaches at how much people bitch or say things like I need a I, I physiologically need a cheat meal today. That's actually been said. You probably heard that one. That was an Aceto story because um, back then we didn't cheat at all. 
there, there, there weren't, yeah, like, there were no cheeseburgers back then. It was like, no, like if you got wild, he's like, have another cup of rice. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think the longest I did no carbs, I, I never did keto or anything myself. I, I remember playing around with it before I even competed. I remember playing around with keto a couple of times. So I, I sort of did it for like a couple of weeks at a time, but I had like, you know, it was off season, so I wasn't dieting. You know, right. I was just playing around with keto. So I said lots of food and I was eating like peanut butter and like, you know, it was like that keto where there's carbs in the peanut butter and, you know, it's just, it's whatever. It's a bullshit diet. But um, the longest I dieted on no carbs um, would have been, I'm pretty sure I've done 10 days of no carbs with just like right. green beans and, and, and chicken and egg whites. Right. I've done that a few times. That's tough. Um, and then that's like, you know, then you have carbs for like a day and then you go back to do it again, you know? So like, but as far as one single spurt before I had a bowl of oatmeal, I'd say it'd be about 10 days. And right. as far as doing very little carbs, well, that's different. Cause I've done like, I've done 50 grams of carbs for six weeks straight with no high days. Right. I've for sure done that. <laughs> So yeah, no, that's, that's a, you know, this, these people complaining about like being flat. Thing. Yeah. I've done <laughs> I, that before. <clears throat> you ever you see know, uh, the old, um, what's his name? The J old generic put diet. One time. JP put that up one time. He said, if you ever, uh, somebody said, what, what is something you, what's something you never want to say to Corinne? And he said, uh, if you're a client, tell her you're flat. <laughs> like, yeah, she don't want to yeah. hear that shit. <laughs> Yeah, people say me they're flat. I'm like, you're not flat. You're you're hydrated. You have a lot of sodium. You're you're not truly flat. Um Yeah, fuck. Okay. You got another one? Uh yes. Uh and this one we'll see how we can answer it. 25 and own my own meal prep business. Want to think of more ways to create revenue. Do you have any advice? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. They got a meal prep business. So I've one thing I'll say, and I'm, again, I know nothing about their business, so this might be a waste of their time. Right. Um, right. I've, I've seen meal prep businesses that have like a menu that you can order mm -hmm. from, but they don't have build your own meals. Right. So they're, they're, they're clearly marketed. They're clearly started by people that want to market to like the office crowd, the people that want to take their meals to work and be healthier, have a mm -hmm. menu with like good food on it. But then anyone in the bodybuilding world sees that menu and they just move on to another company. They're not going to yeah. use you. They want to build their own meals. So if you want anybody, if you don't want the bodybuilders, you just want to go for the office crowd, the regular people, that's fine. Menu away, have a cool menu. Um, it doesn't hurt to have that. That's fine. But if you want to get the bodybuilding crowd, which can be very loyal and spend a lot of money and buy a lot of meals, um, you have to have a build your own menu. You have to be able to like six ounce, eight ounce, 10 ounce. You got to be able to do that shit with all the foods, mix and match, make the meals and they, and you have to be able to do them up. And another thing is some of these meal prep companies, even if they have a build your own meals thing, they it's it's all like how do i put this like the food doesn't have to be fancy at all like right. i don't want your 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 greek seasoned special ultra popular lemon herb chicken i just want fucking chicken 
I'll season it myself. Right. I have a bottle of hot sauce in my bag. I have a salt shaker. Don't do anything to it. It save yourself the time and effort. I don't care. Right. That would yeah. be my advice, but that's me and I'm one person. I think that another thing that a lot of meal prep companies, some of them are starting to do, but haven't is find a retail outlet that you can sell to and have a refrigerator in their place for people to pick up quick meals. Um, yeah. Again, these yeah, are awesome. going to be more your predetermined ones. But if you have that, you can you, you, you will quickly find that a lot of people, especially if they're in the right location, like you said, near to office places, a lot of people need convenience. They want healthy and you can make it to where the owner of the business, be, he because I used to do this when I owned my stores was anything that brought someone in my door was helpful. Because if they yeah. come in, eventually they're going to look at my supplement. So I don't care if I'm making literally $1.50 off of your $12 meal. Like that's fine because I got the person, you know? So if you can sell to the right businessman or something like that, you're good to go. Um, I've, I've actually done that. So I've gotten businesses inside of other retail locations and a smart businessman knows that traffic is the name of the game. So you can make thousands of a month off of something like that. And, and the nice thing about that situation is you can create data. So you can know that, that this business currently, you, you need X amount of food in there, uh, of the steak, X amount of the chicken, and, and kind of eye it to where you're in, in good shape to not have food losses. So that'd be my, my main thing is create places besides your website that people can pick stuff up on the go. Because a lot of people... Yeah. Their issue is prep, including where am I going to put all this shit if I order 42 meals from you on a Monday? Yeah. Another thing, if they can, if they can set it up as like a drop-off point for people's orders too. Mm -hmm. like that's also handy because we, we've had a few meal prep companies that would like drop meals off at the gym. And, you know, maybe one of the owners would order a bunch of meals and then a couple of the customers would order some meals and they'd come on Monday with like all these bags and we'd put them in the fridge. And by the end of the day, all the bags are gone because everyone's picked up their meals. So right. that's, that's another cool thing is like a drop-off point, you know, some kind of delivery or near delivery, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a good idea for them as well. Okay. You make me want to start another business, Dusty. You always want to start another business, Ron. Always. <laughs> can you, can you name a bodybuilder who really inspired you in the early days that maybe you haven't mentioned before? And I instantly thought of one. Who did you think? Because I know we always say, well, I always say, you know, my general answer is Dorian was my role model, blah, 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 blah. Of course. Right? Yeah. But if I go back before that to when I first started training and first started looking at mags in like 1990, I remember Mike Quinn jumping out at me. That's like, right. that's my guy. Because he had that crazy, like, you know, they kind of, they kind of pumped him as like a bit of a lunatic, you know, like muscle right. flex magazine would show him rowing and he'd have like a you know, like some crazy right. look on his face and they called him mighty Mike Quinn and, and the other bodybuilders, there was like rumors of him being kind of crazy and you know, all this right. sort of stuff. Right. So I just remember he was like an influence. He trained real heavy and hard and had that attitude. Yeah. I would say, I mean, other than the, I guess the one that I've never mentioned and it definitely continued even into my early, I'll call it the career portion of my of, of bodybuilding was uh, Mike Francois. Um, and for the same reason is I I've heard he's a complete lunatic, uh, and can train not only heavy and, and intense as hell, but 
for hours. Like, yeah. like people, great bodybuilders who are known to be super hardcore have went to train with him just to get buried. Like, and it would be just his normal Tuesday workout, you know? Right. So he, right. he's someone that I always, um, I think what, what, what I always have, have been connected to with a Yates and with a him and with a branch and them is they never look for the easiest way to do things. And that's what I, I think is the, the world plan now is what's the easiest way. And back then it was, what was the best way? You know, what yeah. is the best way to be in your best possible shape? And I don't care if it's eating sand or not eating at all. That's what I'm willing to do. You know, right. Um, define, so define best. I guess, awesome. I guess best would be most efficient, fastest. Yeah. So the way to get best. to, well, I didn't even say fastest, but just the way to get the best result, even if yeah. it meant going through hell, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think now, yeah, everybody wants the result, but if there's an easier way, can we have it? Um, and it, it was just back then it was, there was no search for an easier way. It was just, this is going to suck. Okay, go. You know what I mean? I, I kind of looked at it as the embrace the suck era. Embrace the suck. There's something <laughs> about challenging yourself mentally. And I've talked about that. Like some of the things that I do in my workouts, even still now, they're not about, and maybe this is bad, but they're not about results. They're about challenging myself to stay strong mentally as well as physically. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you, and I also too, here's another thing that I've discovered in my later years. You cannot, you cannot be physically strong unless you're also mentally strong. Like there's a, there's a link. Like if your mental strength wavers and you get mentally weak, you will become physically weak. Oh, for sure. And yeah, that's, that's and without you, question. If, if you want to, you know what, at, at this age where I'm like, okay, hey, I want to, I want to keep my physique. I want to maintain a certain level of strength. I also have to maintain a certain level of mental strength. And I have to challenge myself on those days when it's tough. And I have to fucking take those. Like I have those sets where I'm like, I have to get eight reps. Like I fucking right. have to, or else I'm going to be pissed off, you know? And then I'll mm -hmm. fucking get eight and I go, fuck. Okay. I still got it. You know? I still got yeah. the, the trigger, you know, because they'll turn the mind on and make shit happen. And so um, you have to stay mentally strong, I think is very important. Well, well, I think the mental strength is like I've had guys. I mean, it's funny, but I just had a guy. He's and he's down. He's, he's down, you know, a significant amount for three weeks. So he's 13 weeks out and he put in his his uh, check in the other day. He goes, yeah, I'm not I'm not noticing any strength changes yet with the diet. And I'm like, turn your brain off. You're, you're looking you're eating so much food and you're so fucking fat still like there, we are nowhere yeah. near that. Like, and, and yeah. that told me, and it was good. And we had a really good conversation about it, but it was like, bro, because people, I just got asked the other day, when, when did you notice your strength dip before a show? I'm like, I didn't. And I meant, right. like, I mean, right. I was, I was, it got to the point when once the social media was up where, where Dante would message me like, Hey, you need to back down a little bit. Like you're three weeks out you shouldn't be breaking records right now. And just the fact that you can doesn't make it smart. You know, right. that's an injury right, waiting right, to happen. Right. And, and like you said, that that's a decision that you will not get weaker. You don't have to be like hunger does not play a role in strength, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely, you're right. You, Chris, Cito uh, and I just had a conversation about this and it was funny. Um, he told me, he said, uh, it, back to the Ironman prep with Jay back in the day, he goes, I remember yeah. we were pushing it a little too far 
And he goes, but I let it ride because I, because I wanted him to find out what he really had in him. And, and this is one of my, one of my most recent favorite acetoisms. He said, you don't really know what you're willing to do until you do it. Prior to that, it's just a hypothetical. So yeah. once you've went through it and you've actually achieved, then you know, it's like, oh, and like, and I know you've had those. I, my, I talk about it a million times, like my 2011 prep made me realize that there was nothing I couldn't handle suffering wise that would need to happen for bodybuilding. So it made every other prep easy. I remember after I never had a hard prep after that again. Every prep yeah, was like, huh, I know what you mean. That was easy. You know, yeah, so yeah. you you have to push and maybe even push past what is smart to then make everything else just easier. You know, it's it's an interesting mm -hmm. uh, thing. And Chris is very good at doing that to people. <laughs> How dark can you go? I'll take you there. One of the things I remember about working with Chris was how calm he was. It didn't matter what I told him. He'd be like, right. Hmm. Okay. You know, it was very, very mm -hmm. calm. He brought everything. I, I, to I, right we had the easiest relationship because I had so much faith that I didn't think like guys will say, Oh, have you thought about this to me? And I'm like, man, I, I just remember knowing that Chris was the only option I could even think of hiring and I would just do what I was told, you know, yeah. super, super simple. Okay. Go you're for up. it, buddy. Oh, oh I'm, I'm up. up. Okay. You're yeah. up. Yeah. You're up. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. There we go. Got it. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Oh, this is, I mean, this is basic, but I think it's good to ask. Um, if you're still sore, um, still mildly sore um, from a back workout, would you still train legs? So I'm assuming yes. low back is tight. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I would just. I would just. I, I, I wish you would just not yeah. answer anymore because that was the answer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would just you see, look if there's if there's something crazy like. Let's say, let's say your lower back is just fucking jacked up and it's maybe a little bit like unstable. Like it's not just sore muscle. It's like kind of fucking jacked up. Then yeah, you just alter your leg workout to make sure you take care of your lower back that day. You know, like, mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, if you're fortunate enough to train at a gym that has multiple leg presses, you know, you use the leg press that you think is easier, easiest on your lower back, you know, maybe use a pendulum squat instead of, you yeah. know, the hack squat. Like, or you know, you just squat, make yeah. choices make choices that are more lower back friendly um, and just kind of get through it. Uh, but also to remember that motion is lotion and just True. by not moving it or challenging it at all, you're not going to help situation. Maybe go into the gym and just grab a, grab a 45 pound bar and do 50 reps of stiff leg deadlifts and just get your hips and your lower back and your glutes and your hams and your everything just moving and maybe do some hypers on the bench, get some blood in there. Maybe you're good to squat now. Maybe you're like, oh, fuck, I'm real sore. I can't even do hypers. Then you know, you maybe do drop sets on the extension with some leg presses that day. I don't know. But you'd never not right. train. <laughs> That's just alien. Yeah. Well, I think you also <laughs> got to keep in mind, it's, it's funny. Well, number one, I loved how you answered because you were almost irritated with the question. Um, <laughs> but uh, did that, but did the that come across? Is, did that fall <laughs> right go, Yes. 
and just stopped. Like you were done talking. I'm like, good, good answer, Ron. Um, <laughs> I thought the question, see, I thought the question was going to be, if my back is still mildly sore from the previous session, do I still train back? But then it was, right. if my back is still previous sore, do I still train legs? And I was like, <laughs> what? Well, you know, what's funny is I get asked that a ton. Um, Cause sometimes the way that my training will line up, it'll be legs or back one day and then the opposite the next. Um, and people will say, well, how, how did you get your low, how'd you get your back to handle that? And it's really simple. Get it strong. Yeah, like if you stronger. want to have a muscle that can handle that, it has to get stronger. The only way it gets stronger is to go through discomfort. And like you said, we're not talking about being stupid, but it does get to the yeah. point where, you know, I, I can do, um, you know, heavy ass RDLs today and I can deadlift tomorrow. Like, right. But that's doesn't fine. mean it's the, yeah, it doesn't mean it's, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't line my life up that way on purpose, but when you're running like a push pull leg, that does happen where they will bump yeah. right into each other back to back. And I, I don't alter my training program. I'm just like, okay. And I, you know, it might alter something about it, but I don't say, oh, I'll just train chest tomorrow and just right. push that leg workout off. You know what I mean? Um, it's funny cause I actually just had a competitor, uh, client that did the same thing. I sent him his routine and he goes, ah, yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll train legs, uh, I'll train chest, then legs, then chest, then back. I go, whoa, whoa, no, you won't. <laughs> like you're, you're trying to space using the day. So you're going to train chest and shoulders, all your pushes a ton and barely train back and legs or pull and legs. Like, no, that's not how we're doing this. <laughs> like right, you're going right, to get right. stronger is what we're going to do. You know? Yeah. You'll get used to it. Exactly. So you got time for, uh, you got one more good one. Well, I don't know if I got another, another good one. Oh, I need a good one. But, I need a good one. I'm going to make it up if you have to. <laughs> make it up if you have to. <laughs> I, I have a simple um, one that I want to, that I want to run by you and then you can do another one. So how much fun are you having bodybuilding now? Uh, or I should say building your body now versus in the beginning. Oh yeah. You know, that's a great question. I think one of the strange things with me, and I don't expect it to be with everyone else. That's why I don't judge people who quit and move on and do things is I just, I've always just enjoyed training so much. I just love mm -hmm. the gym. Like I love the mechanics of, of hypertrophy training. Right. And I and I respect and appreciate the the mechanics of powerlifting and strongman and all that stuff. I like thinking about like how to position my body to target muscle. I like you know the process of you know I think you know use it or lose it. You know your your body is just in a constant state. You know once you peak in your twenties, when you're just in a you're just dying for the rest of your life. You know, right. your body's just, I mean, it's just downhill. Once you're 30, it's just, it literally, literally is downhill from there. And if you don't fucking use it, it's going to go away. And if you right. don't keep doing it, it's going to be gone. It's going to be a memory. And, and it's going to get harder to do it again. Like, you know, you could quit training for 10 years when you're 20 and pick it back up later, but you can't quit training for 10 years when you're 50 and pick it back up later. Right. It's going to be, you're not going to be able to, you're just going to be so fucking brutal. So you just got to keep going. Like I, I, I plan on training for the rest of my life with weights. 
for sure. somehow, for even sure. if maybe I'm yeah. doing three days a week, maybe I'm doing three days a week for half an hour when I'm older, but I'm still training with weights. And I also have lived and breathed the benefits of resistance training, like not even bodybuilding mm -hmm. or anything, but just purely from a scientific point of view, resistance training is amazingly good for just turning your body, just like what you went through. You have turned your body into a regenerative recovery machine. Every right. single thing that you do is to is to recover and regenerate. And when you're that when you're when you're that type of person, your body just heals better and it ages better. And you like you know the only thing you have going against you is body weight when it comes to longevity. Everything else is like on the right. up and up. <laughs> no, I, you know I what agree I mean. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, they well, say, think, you know, um, they take old people and, and they take old people and make them lift weights and eat better. And what happens? Like their fucking eyesight improves. Like it's crazy. Yeah. There's so many things like too, if you, if you talk, I mean, like you said, but with, with the doctors, like a, they blame what I do as the reason I'm alive. Then B, um, it's also the reason that things come back quicker. You know, like that was right. a conversation I had with the PT when he was like, it'll probably be about three weeks. I'm like, no, it won't. When he said that's how long it take to walk in, I'm like, my body has been trained for over almost two decades to get back to where it's supposed to be. It'll be quick. I just yeah, I remember like, it, like fast. it wasn't even a thought in my mind that he was correct that it would take weeks. I was like, a couple of days. You know what I mean? Right. Like this will be fast. Um, yeah. But to answer the question for me, I I wouldn't say I enjoy it more now, but I appreciate it more now. Um, because as right. I've gotten older, I've, I've learned the importance of having a win every day. Like the amount yeah. of people who literally just go through life and they punch the clock at work and they do just enough not to get fired. And then they come home and they watch TV. I feel like they're dying while still here. When you go to the gym and, and I, I look, I'm a numbers person. So it actually is a rep or a pound or whatever. But if you challenge yourself in any way, and feel a success in a small part of your life every single day, your life is better. Um, yes. And I think that that's, that's an area that I really realize, like, it doesn't matter what's happening. I have the gym, you know, and I think yep. it's also the reason that as I've gotten older and more experienced, my entire life can be caving in. And for whatever reason, when I walk through the doors of the gym, I leave it all in the parking lot. It'll still all be there. And I'm able to take two hours and literally shut down where people will ask that all the time. Like, oh, I can't. I'm stressed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just don't bring that in here. Yeah, you this know? is my so time. I, I, I guess it's. Yeah, you set you it know. aside as, as freedom. So I, I think that the the knowledge of the importance of those wins really helps me enjoy it. Because I do. I mean, it's and, and I will admit it's heightened now. But even before I got sick. I would come into the gym and just open the front door and I would look in at all of all the orange equipment and all the shit that I just love that we brought in. And like every time I'm like, fuck, yeah, like every yeah. single day. That's my feeling when I open the door. I can't even imagine you opening the door, like unlocking it to your own place. It must just be like, this is it. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty. So the, the difference is the magic has moved. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is like, I remember what it was like to be you know, 14 or 15 years old and that magic of bodybuilding, like the mystery and the glory and the magazine era and like the whole magical time where those guys were superheroes that were one in a million superstars, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, 
and and it was like you know a rare thing to do so you know you're on a machine blasting chest and you're like fuck no one else does this but me you know it was like this is our right. thing you know and that whole magic that was awesome and that drove us all through those early years and you know that's gone now because you know you see the you see the the reality of everything. I mean, that that leaves for everyone. It's like the magic of a young football player. By the time he gets to college, the magic isn't there anymore. It's a different type of magic, you know. Right. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not a mysterious superhero thing. They're in it now. It's just. It's hard yeah. work and grit and battle and stuff. So the, the the perspective changes. And then now that I'm on the the you know the third stage of things, which is looking back and through the lens of our own gym. Um, mm -hmm. I love when I see other people that are experiencing stage one. Right. So I see the young guys in there and I know that they're currently in that magical state where they're becoming part of something that they think is just unbelievable. Like they're looking at their favorite stars on Instagram, like, fuck, I want to look like that dude. And they're practicing their posing and there it's that magical time and and i right. love that that's happening and then the gym's part of that they get this awesome gym to train in they're not stuck in a community center or a fucking fit world or whatever the fuck they're stuck in right so i love seeing right. that in the gym that's awesome and then stayed the oh, stage sure. two guys that are in the thick of it you know they're trying to get yeah. their fucking overall wins and stuff i love seeing that so it's cool well plus you've done it all i think that that's the uh actually matt jansen put something up the other day and uh I don't always agree with a lot of things that uh, people, other people put out. Like nobody really says anything that's insightful, um, and not that this was, but it was powerful because I agree. Which is, um, you know, don't ask someone to walk something you've never done yourself. And he just put up a picture of himself yeah. peeled out of his mind for a show. And I think that that brings a lot of power. Like you understand all those phases because you've done them all. You know, yeah, people, yeah, all, oh, I, any of those can come to you and and be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where am I? And you're like, oh, I did that. Yeah, we're cool. Do you want Do you want to send a shout out to anybody uh, before we wrap the show? Oh, geez, D directly. I mean, <laughs> well, for, we got for to me, thank, a long I, look, man. Yeah, we want to remind everyone. That, what, what was uh, What was um, the name of the guy who brought back yeah, our episode? So, That's the most uh, important person. Uh, Casey. We, yeah. So, um, uh, for those of you who uh, want to know, we do have the John Meadows episode saved. Um. We had a, a viewer, and I think he's a client of Scott's. His name's Casey Amendolero, and uh, he restored the audio for the lost John Meadows interview. And so there we're very happy. There were what? There were there were what? There were tears shed over that one. I, I believe you oh, actually yeah. got nauseous over losing that one. I was very <laughs> upset. I was very upset. So, uh, so yeah, we're really happy. Casey, thank you very much. Uh, we give him a shout out on the actual Meadows interview when we release it. Um, so we're not sure if you're going to see it before or after this, but it's coming. And yep. uh, we're really excited about that. And also, um, uh, I know you had a bunch of clients compete earlier there, Dusty. I just had a guy uh, win the Newfoundland show on the weekend. So big Morgan McDonald. I don't know if you saw him on my Instagram story, yep. uh, but the big man took the overall at the Newfoundland. So we're happy to be back at it in Canada here. And uh, congrats to everyone who's getting back on stage and doing their thing. So oh, yeah. is that it for the show? That's it, man. And until next week. You bet. It's just bodybuilding. Okay. Thanks, Dusty.